Welcome inside to the Citrus TV Summer Podcast. I'm Sam Corcoran alongside Austin Barrick, Jordan Leonard. Guys, how are you doing today? I'm doing grand. Yeah, feeling great. Feeling, feeling great. Glad love to hear the it. energy, Austin. Yeah, right, absolutely so love that energy I'm not, already. I'm not, I'm not in, in sunny, nice Florida, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm in California. Jordan's in Florida. Austin's just in sad Massachusetts. But anyways. Sad. It's football's... one of the top educated states in America. Whatever, whatever. Hey, all the right. Warriors beat the Celtics. That's all I have to say. But anyways, we're here to talk about Syracuse football. Football season is underway almost. And there's a lot of questions uh, uh, circulating Syracuse football. Let's start off with what was said at ACC Media Day. We had some guys speak, Dino Babers, Matt Bergeron, Garrett Schrader, just to name a few. Austin, I'll start with you. What are some of your impressions from Media Day in Charlotte, North Carolina a few weeks ago? Yeah, I believe it was last week. Um, Bergeron, I think, was was my big takeaway. Um, I got to talk with him on Monday, so I, I, I love to see him down there. He was dressed out really nicely. Uh, really represented the program well. Uh, you like to see that. Uh, and I think he's a great uh, sort of uh, symbol for what the Syracuse team looks to be this season. You know, strong, looking to get after it. You know, he's experienced. Uh, he's been through the lumps of this program, right? And he's, he's looking to start start the season off strong. And so I think he echoed that message at, at Media Day. You know, a lot of people, I think, are projecting Syracuse to be kind of a middle of the pack, you know, bottom third team in the ACC like, like the Orange typically are. But, you know, right out of the gates, week one, not, not every team gets a chance to play, you know, a conference opponent week one. The Orange have the Cardinals of Louisville. So I'm excited to see what happens there. So Bergeron, I think, is the guy that they really stood, uh, that, st- that stood out for me. Looking forward. I actually like pretty much all three of them. I loved what Garrett Schrader had to say. It's always good to hear when you have a new offensive coordinator coming in that the quarterback thinks the offense is definitely going to be explosive. Um, and I liked – I'll, I'll be interested to see how Garrett Schrader adjusted his passing game. Obviously, we're tops in the ACC in rushing yards per game, but it'll be interesting to see how Robert and I, the new offensive coordinator, can level out Syracuse's offense, throw in some more passing attempts, um, and and up that part of the game because we all know what Sean Tucker can do when he gets the balls ball in his hands. Yeah, absolutely. Both of those guys talked a lot about opening up this offense. And I think one thing that really stood out about the offense that I took away from ACC media day is I think there's a theme to this team and that's leadership and experience. Bergeron talked about leadership and his experience. Dino Babers, he rambled along all the coaches talked about their leadership, what they bring to the table. He talked right after he mentioned the coach, he's like, Garrett's our leader on this team. We need him. And I think they're really trying to open up this offense surrounded under Garrett Schrader. And everyone seems so excited about the coaches. I know Bergeron talked about offensive line coach, Mike Schmidt said he's improved so much from last season, to spring ball, which isn't that much time. That's a pretty, that's a pretty good thing to hear right there. Babers has rambled on all the coaches. They seem super excited about Robert and I. Same with uh, Garrett Schrader. He said this is the most excited he's been for a season. And I think this team has a lot of confidence due to these guys being in the system now. More coaches, better coaches, in my opinion. Last year, the offense was really slow. This year, I think they're looking to pick it up. And I think they're more confident that they can pick it up. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, you like to see Dino talking up his guys, but it's almost as if, like, what coach isn't going to top up, you know, talk up his guys, right? It's like, oh, we brought a new guy. I think he's pretty mediocre. No, you're going to talk up your new guy you hired, right? 
And so with all this experience, you talk about Schrader, you talk about, you know, Sam, the like the slow offense last year. I think last year was more about what do we have at quarterback? Remember, Tommy DeVito started for us. When was the last time we thought about what Tommy DeVito was doing? All right. All right. Sean Tucker is now, you know, no offense to Tommy DeVito. Sorry. That, that's a big ricochet shot. Hope you're doing well in a Champaign, Illinois, Tommy. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, but, you know, now we got. Now the orange have Garrett Schrader coming in. Sean Tucker, he broke all sorts of records last season in what was a losing season. Now I think the question becomes, how can we implement all the weapons? How can Syracuse implement all the weapons and have Sean Tucker do bigger things in a winning effort? Totally agree with that, Austin. It'll be interesting to see how how more of the passing and the balance attack, because Robert and I came in third best uh, passing offense with Virginia, how we can balance that out with, Obviously, Schrader can run, but can Schrader pass the ball? And and then how can we balance that out? Because when you have a balanced offense and you don't know if it's going to be pass or run, Sean Tucker becomes even more dangerous because when he's in the open field, good luck tackling that man. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys move on to the point we were going to talk about next. What are your guys' expectations for Robert and I? And I guess I can start this off because I'm so excited about Robert and I coming to Syracuse. He's, I mean, if you want a perfect coach for Garrett Schrader, he, Robert and I is that guy. He's he has a pass heavy offense. He's improved. I know Sherrod's a runner, but at the same time, he's worked with guys like Taysom Hill, Brennan Armstrong significantly improved under him. And I think the air game's really going to get going for Garrett Schrader this year. And I think he's the perfect coach for that. Should open up the run game a lot with Sean Tucker as well. Schrader obviously going to keep running, doing his thing, but you need it. We saw it last year that you need a more arm from Garrett Schrader. And I think you're going to get that this year with Robert and I as the offensive coordinator. I think the offense is going to open up significantly. Schrader, as I said earlier, he's so excited to work with an And why not, man? He's looking really good this year. Yeah. I think it was definitely the best. I think it was definitely the best option for Syracuse on the open market. Dino Babers took what we did well, the running game, and looked at what we needed to improve on uh, being Syracuse uh, in the passing game. And that's exactly what Robert and I brings. He's going to use the weapons that are on his team, um, whether it's the wide receivers or more of the tight ends. Even we saw last year a lot of screen, a couple screen passes Tucker took to the house. I think Syracuse should, should call a couple more of those because just getting the ball in your playmaker's hands in, in the open field is is pretty much the key to success in college football on the offensive side. Yeah, and Tucker, I think the, the, the Albany game in particular, Jordan, if I'm remembering right, the, the, the Tucker, those long touchdowns. And Anai, you talked about it, Sam. I think the marriage between the offensive coordinator and the quarterback is one of the most important, you know, quote, quote, marriages you have, you can have in football. Um, you know, we saw what Brady and Josh McDaniels did through my childhood. So I'm not saying that can be a Schrader and Robert and I can do here, but I think it's important. And I also think it's impressive that Syracuse and Babers were able to get him away from UVA, right? Because what they have Armstrong, who's one of the most prolific passers in the entire country, not just the ACC. So I think it says something about Anai wanting to, you know, take on this new challenge. I know that Syracuse hosts Virginia in middle of the season. I think we're going to talk about that later. But I think overall, only good things can, can come of bringing in an eye. Of course, you have to I make the Boston reference there, uh, Austin. Of course. I mean, yeah, Jordan, over under like 15 minutes in here. Like, what? what <laughs> gotta, gotta exactly. Hit <laughs> but yeah, you said it, Austin. I think an is really excited to work with Schrader. Armstrong and Schrader. Armstrong's a very pass heavy quarterback Schrader. So we saw none of that from him last year. I think he's looking to work that because I think he can see something very special in Garrett Schrader. You've seen those mobile quarterbacks in the NFL, Lamar Jackson, 
Michael Vick, but I'm, I'm mainly Lamar Jackson. He's more of a runner than a passer. I think that's some that's well known. We have all those running back memes about Lamar Jackson. He doesn't know how to throw the ball. And I think that's something I think you can relate that with Garrett Schrader. And I think and I wants to flip the script this year, make sure to more of a passer and a runner, more of a dual threat quarterback. There's a difference between a mobile quarterback and a dual threat quarterback. Right now, Schrader's a mobile quarterback. He needs to be a dual threat quarterback at the yeah, end of the year. Sam was making a joke there about Schrader, but I think there's some truth to it. Like, Jordan, how many times do we actually see uh, Schrader pass the ball like 20 yards down the field last season? Wasn't that many, right? It, it wasn't that many. And even when his wide receivers were going on deep routes, it was a little bit of a reluctance to throw them. And when, especially as an offense last year, there wasn't really uh, a mission to throw the ball down the field because we relied so much on the running game. So when an eye – and I should bring that into the offense. And when you can attack both laterally and horizontally down the field, it's going to extend your offense even more. And defense certainly wasn't the problem for SU last year. It was more of the offense, especially the passing area. And when you mentioned it, Sam, I mean, Robert and I's coach, Taysom Hill, that's a perfect comp for what Garrett Schrader could be because we all know he can run like nobody's business. The fourth most rushing yards in the, the uh, whole country last year as a quarterback. He's athletic, spin move, pretty much can do anything when the ball's in his hand when he's running the ball. He just needs to improve uh, through the air going into this season. Absolutely. And you said it, Jordan. It wasn't the defense's fault as to why Syracuse was bad. So let's talk about the defense. Do you guys think the defense is going to be better than last year? Do you think it's going to be just as good? Or do you think we're going to see a decline? They lost some guys like Cody Roscoe, Josh Black, Kingsley Jonathan. Jordan, I'll start with you. What do you think about the defense this year? I'm feeling good about the defense because they do lose some edge rushers. They bring in some, um, like Francois, I think that's his name, Nolan, um, a recruit incoming freshman. Um, but you bring back a lot of guys on the parts of the field on defense that you need to. You bring back your two starting corners and Garrett Williams and Deuce Chestnut. We're going to be able to – Syracuse, excuse me, is going to be able to, to lock down um, against uh, the air, which is what a lot of teams in college do, especially Virginia – with their quarterback, Brendan Armstrong, they're going to try to throw the ball down the field. You're going to have to cover guys. And you bring back your, your number one defensive player last year in Michael Jones, and you have him returning. He's basically – he was the quarterback of the offseason – quarterback of the defense, excuse me, last season. He was the guy, as according to D Dino Babers. And you bring him back even though you could have lost him to the draft, which is huge. You bring back leadership, experience – and the same defensive coordinator not bringing in another defensive mind. So I think it should only get better um, for Syracuse this season. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, Sam. I'm going to, I'm going to hope I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I hope that Syracuse is at least on par, if not better than last year. I know Jordan is probably a little bit more optimistic, but you know, I think that if, I think the most important area of defense is the defensive line. And that's the biggest question mark for Syracuse right now. The three guys you mentioned, Sam, were the three guys I had listed down. For the, the 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 departures, uh, you know, Josh Black, Kingsley, Jonathan, Cody Roscoe, and so you look at these guys now: Terry Lockett, Steve Linton. I don't I don't know what those guys bring to the table. You know, obviously they're they're good enough to be in the mix here, but there's only so much that cornerbacks and safeties and linebackers can do if the defensive line isn't getting pressure. Right? There's only there's only so there's only so long of a time where you can guard a wide receiver before they get open. Right? And so I think getting Michael Jones to return is the big deal. I, I think it was Sam, you said quarterbacks, the defense. I think that's an important point. You know, there's a, you know, having a guy there to, 
to keep things centered and locked in. Everybody reports him on defense. I think that's important, but I, I really don't know right now, Sam. I will tell you, I will, I will counter with that, Austin, real quick. Sorry for interrupting He's you, Sam. No, you're good. Um, and bringing back the experience on the outside at cornerback will allow you to blitz a little bit more, um, which could take some pressure off the newer pass rushers. Also, you're returning a starter at safety and Justin Simmons. So the continuity on the back end is definitely going to help you because if you are, if Syracuse isn't going to get an, as much of a pass rush earlier in the season as those new guys kind of accumulate reps, um, blitzing will definitely help with that, especially when you have experienced linebackers like Michael Jones and Marlo Wax, who know um, when to blitz, where to blitz, the gaps they're going in is a lot is really specific because if you send uh, a blitz, let's say a linebacker going up the A gap, if the defensive lineman um, isn't in the right gap, it's going to completely combust the play. And also having those experienced linebackers is going to help the defensive linemen that are a little bit newer get into position, whether they're supposed to be in a three eye or, or over the over the center and stuff like that. May I counter your counter? You know, I know you have more experience, you know, you play football. Um, so I would just like to bring this up. Would you say like blitzing is kind of a gimmicky thing to like help the defensive line? Because really, if the defensive line can win, you know, in under what, three, four seconds or less and, and get to the quarterback, then they're doing their job. If you need to bring in additional defenders into, you know, the backfield, then wouldn't that potentially create more space downfield if they don't get to the quarterback? So it would create more space downfield. However, doing it not, if you don't do it every play, it's not going to be as bad because when you say like you want to send a blitz on third down and you have the cornerbacks to play man coverage on the outside, obviously if the offense gives you a different look, you can check out of it. Um, but being able to bring linebackers who are experienced and to help those defensive linemen and having the trust in your corners on the outside to, to lock up and man is definitely going to help. And it's, really important for beginning of the season. Obviously the defensive linemen, you'd hope when they're getting settled in a couple games into the year, then they should be better. Um, but being able to supplement that um, a little bit of inexperience up front with a lot of experience in the second line at linebackers and the third line um, in the secondary is definitely going to be a big help. Right. Yeah. I will say just from, I'm so I'm a 49ers fan. If you guys can't tell by my background right there, my old gone. podcast background back there, San Francisco and Homer. Yeah, exactly. But the, the thing with the Niners defense is their defensive line is always killer every year. And the games are won through the trenches. There's a reason they made the NFC championship with Jimmy Garoppolo out of all people as their quarterback. And it's mainly because of the defense. Yeah. And it all started with the defensive line. Now you look at what, who Syracuse lost. They lost Cody Roscoe, Josh Black, Kingsley Jonathan. Those are probably the three. Your three best defensive linemen are gone now. And you're replacing them with some inexperienced guys, guys that haven't got that much time on the field it's really going to be up to the back seven to hold the defense now will the back seven be better in my opinion than last year absolutely but if the defensive line is not producing they're not going to get to the quarterback the quarterback's going to do a lot of work against the Syracuse defense and it's going to be really hard for some of the guys to do so well so I'm going to say it's going to be just as good only for the fact that I think that back sevens, it's going to be more improved than last year. I think Deuce Chestnut is Deuce Chestnut and Garrett Williams are looking to prove something. Garrett Williams, he had first round written all over him last year. Then he kind of kind of had a bit of a down year. This year he's trying, he comes back this year. He's going to try to prove, prove himself more. We'll talk about some players to watch in a minute. I think he's one guy you have to watch out for this year. Mikel Jones, Marlo Wax, two of the best linebackers in the country right there. I think 
overall, I think the back seven can hold it down, but I'm not 100% sure about the defensive line. And I think that's yeah. the most important part of the defense. I'll, I'll pose this question to you guys. So Chris Elmore came in, and he's pretty much a utility player. He's played defensive line before. He's played offensive line, played fullback last year. Do you put him in in the defensive lineman rotation just to give some experience? And maybe maybe you can use him as like a Swiss Army knife, both as a fullback on offense and also as a situational run stopper and pass rusher on the defensive line? You see, I don't know if Robert and I would allow that because I think Syracuse used him as a fullback last year pretty efficiently. And if, I mean, a lot of complex offenses use a fullback. I don't know how complex Robert and I's offense is going to be, but if he wants a fullback in his offense, then Chris Elmore will be a fullback and only a fullback. He won't be seeing any side of the defense on the defensive side. Yeah, I, I want to say that, like, I, I wouldn't particularly want a player to play both sides of the field. I mean, is is Elmore, like, the Shohei Otani of, like, college <laughs> You know, like, ideally, you'd like him to play one side only, like, hire him out on both sides, you know what I mean? Because um, if you're rushing, you have to have, you know, all your stamina and gas with you to, you know, attack the quarterback. And then are you going to be able to block defenders as the fullback on offense? I don't know. I mean, it's uh, – we're. I mean, that it almost reminds me of, like, if – uh never mind never mind but um i don't, I don't know i think that it might might be a slippery slope there well i think yeah. if, just talking about the defensive line in general like sam talked about the 49ers uh like robert sala when he was on the 49ers and now with the jets they do a lot of rotations no matter who's on the defense so they're going to rotate through guys four eight deep and i think that's also what syracuse is going to try to supplement with this year since they don't have necessarily any stars up front that are guaranteed locks to play uh, down in and down out, they're going to do a lot of rotations to keep the guys fresh. Cause even if you don't have experience when you're more fresh against uh, an offensive lineman, that's maybe played four series straight, um, which offensive linemen are going to play every series if they're healthy. Um, that could also help, especially in, in third down situations. Yeah. We should see a lot of rotation on the defensive line and that's going to bring up some names who, we probably haven't really heard much before, but I think it's going to open the door for a ton of opportunity on the defensive line. So lots of coaching decisions around the defensive line, but let's talk about the head coach, Dino Babers. This is his seventh year. He's had one winning season. Is he on the hot seat, guys? No, no. I don't want to go into a season where the head coach is on the hot seat. The games haven't even began yet. Come on. Let's give this guy a break, all right? You know, obviously – after that comes a game last year, it was, it was rock bottom. All right. I don't, you know, he's made a lot of questionable decisions. If you want to tell me from like the overall standpoint, if you believe that this team, this Syracuse team has a lot of talent and you want to say, if Dino doesn't make a bowl game this season, should he be fired? I could see your point with that, but I don't want to go into a season where that's a main question. If you know what I mean? I, I want to say you got to win your first few games because before, because after the, after the bye week which is early October, it gets, it gets really hard from there. So I would let the first game, the first few games play out. And then I would start raising questions, but not now. Austin, are you serious? We, I, we no, talked hey, about hey, I actually like that approach because you got to have, you got to have confidence in your coach. And if you're the coach, you need to have some confidence yourself. And I think it is a bit too early to start talking about it. I think you got to give him, the chance, but this is, he's on thin ice. I will say let's, let's be real. Like if you have what five losing seasons in six years, and then you make it seven this year, you need to, you need to make a bowl game and confidently make a bowl game. If, I mean, if you're six and six, make a bowl game and you lose, I think he would probably be out the door. I think seven and five is what you're probably looking at for him to stay. 
at Syracuse another year. You have everything going for them. You have the offensive coordinator set. You have the offense looking pretty good. The defense is looking good this year. If Dino Babers can't get it done this year, I think he will be gone. And therefore, I will say he is on the hot seat. But you need to give him a chance. You can't just fire him after three games. I mean, you start off with you start off with a conference opponent. Those can always be rough. You're it, it's gonna and then you have Purdue coming up too. Notre Dame's this year, Clemson, the bye, as Austin talked about. I think there's going to be some time. I think you have to wait at least six games before you can consider firing him. But, yes, to answer your question, he is on the hot seat. Sam, you missed the oh, he's, abso- he's absolutely on the hot seat. Come I missed on, what Austin. game? Sorry. UConn game. If, if, if Syracuse oh, is Oh, if not- he loses to UConn, then I don't know what we're going to do. If it's not that. a double-digit uh, differential, I will be the first in line to say Dino Babers, get mm-hmm. get out of here. All right. That so Austin will... doesn't have the guts to do it before the season, even though Syracuse Correct. had five wins and they had three separate chances to make a bowl game last year and lost each single one. The the games were tougher, Jordan. The games, the, the competition the game, the games okay, were but tougher. You also should yeah, of course they were tougher. I will say this one thing that's gonna be key this year for Dino Babers. There's so many close games, Clemson, Wake Forest, just to name a few that was brought up at the ACC media day as well. You need to have less games like that. You need to be able to close out games because that's something that Syracuse could not do to save their life last year. And that's why they were a five and 17. And last year was definitely the year for them to do it because they had Wake Forest, they had Pittsburgh, they had Clemson all at home. Those are all road games this year. So that just gets it even tougher to close out games on the road. And I, I, Dino Babers has to be on the hot seat going into the year, especially after the way it ended. Um, three straight losses prevented them to get a bowl game. They haven't been to a bowl game. I don't know the exact year, but it has to be a decent while. And, and me and Austin have talked about this on a couple talk tapes before um, mentioning about ca- kind of like how time management is. He is a little bit suspect when it comes to time management, calling timeouts at the end of the half, making sure he has the time. Play selection, obviously, up the coordinators have control of that, but it all goes through the head coach at the end of the day um, because you can listen to the head – as you're the head coach, you can listen to the offensive play calls. I remember back in high school, our offensive coach would call down plays, and if the head coach didn't like it, he would change it or he'd tell him another one. Um, not saying it's the same at the college level, but Dino Babers has to be a CEO type, has to have his hand in, in pretty much every pie – and when it comes to having a successful season, it all starts at the beginning because their non-conference after Louisville, their non-conference is other than Purdue, UConn and Wagner, not, not that hard. They do have a mid-season game against Notre Dame, which is going to be huge because it's at home. Um, but I think it's going to come down to how they perform at home because their road games other than UConn or Clemson, Pittsburgh, Wake Forest and Boston College. It's always hard to win at Boston College, especially at the end of the year. So they're going to have to get the job done at home if Dino has any shot of, of keeping his job. Jordan, Jordan, Jordan. I, I like your point about, you know, the away games. There, there isn't a true road game until October 22nd at, at Clemson. But to, to say that – True road game? You don't count at UConn a true road no, game? No, I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, if, okay, Jordan, you, you played you – played, Austin, you, know, you live a state away ice. from Connecticut. I, I don't you got, that's some you disrespect got, for your fellow statesmen look, in Connecticut. I've, I've had the privilege of driving west on I-84 three separate times this summer and it's a beautiful highway I will give it that all right I love <laughs> driving there but that's regardless of the point here it's Jordan you were your high school quarterback yes so if you ended a season what throwing a few picks in each in each game so you're returning as a senior and there's some sophomore who who happened to hit a growth spur on the depth truck behind you and you and you're you're telling me that Heading into the season, 
you've already got a hot seat on you. you you're already looking behind your shoulder. No, I want you to have the confidence to go into the season and say, I can play a few good games here and win the job. And, and even if I slip up one time, you know, the, you know, the offensive line won't be looking at this backup and saying, Hey, give him a shot. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm not, I don't disagree with you. Dino Baber should feel confident because the team is really good or not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say really good. It's definitely better from last year. Um, but if he doesn't get off to the hot start, that's always what matters most. You don't want to lose a season. If you're Syracuse, obviously firing the head coach in mid middle of the season is a little bit shaky. And I remember on a, on a tryout for Citrus, I made the argument that if, if Dino Baber slips up a little bit, Robert and I low key should have been hired as a head coach going into this cycle. And, and oh my, that's Austin not a bad interim head about coach. That. That's, that's not a bad interim head coach, Austin. Like Robert and I, if, it's if, not- if, 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 if they have Syracuse has four straight home games in mid September to late October, if you go out of that stretch and into Clemson, let's say you get a win against Wagner, or a win against UConn, if you go into him, if you into that game with no, if, with less than three wins, I think you you fire the head coach and, and go into Clemson with Robert and I as as your head coach. And I also I want I want to say that I think that wouldn't be a bad idea as well because right behind Robert and I, the quarterback coach Jason Beck. No, he's worked with Robert and I at Virginia. He knows that pretty well. He can 100% make the move to an, an interim offensive coordinator, in my opinion. But yeah, I'll let Austin talk because he was he was just squ- <laughs> squeaming in his seat. I don't know. Oh my god, he was squirming, squeaming, all that. I mean, I'm I'm staying put. Maybe my shoulders slumped. Maybe my head nodded back. But I, I'm I'm just, <laughs> I'm seated perfectly. I think that I don't know. I just think it's a little. Like you're gonna hire the guy who's gonna replace you? I think that's a little crazy. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have that. Well, anymore. he's hiring it, trying to get his offense better so he can keep right. his job. But right. but then again, when you hire that good of a guy, I mean, well, is Robert and I like the second coming of of Vince Lombardi here? I no, mean, he's not. But we're if not you look actually, that. if you look back to the Browns when uh, what's his face, the Southern guy that got hired as a head coach, Hugh Jackson, or no, oh, no, 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 no Kitchens. Um, Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens. Freddie Kitchens hired Greg Williams as defense coordinator. He got fired. Greg Williams did better than him as interim head coach than Freddie Kitchens did. As that was, a with, that was with Hugh Jackson, I think. Oh, because well, kind of then, a similar. It's like a similar situation. Sometimes your your defense coordinator, offense coordinator, at the end of the day, could end up being a better head coach or could provide a spark for your team midseason if you're not performing up to the standards. And when you have Sean Tucker as your your, your running back, I mean. You, you would hope to win during that time period. You sure would, yeah. Yeah, you got to win some games this year. If Dino can't get it done, I think he'll be out the door. There's plenty of other coaching options around, in my opinion, whether it be in-house with Robert and I or somebody else, or whether it be someone who gets fired next year, something like that. I think this is this is Baber's last shot to prove himself as a power five football coach, in my opinion, and he's got to do it this year with Syracuse. Let's move on. We have the coach to watch and Dino Babers. Let's move on to a player to watch. Austin, I'll start with you. Is there a guy that you're really excited to watch this year? I have an idea of who it is. I'm not going to say it. I'll let you say it, though. I mean, I guess I'm contractually obligated to say Damian Alford. He's yeah. my guy. <laughs> Six, you know, 220, 40-inch vertical leap. You saw the picture on Instagram. He's ripped now. His summer workout's going great. Um, you know, I love Austin, him. you should be his promotions manager or something. I should, I should, I should, I'll buy all his merch, you know, biggest <laughs> even Alford guy here. So, you know, 
I think, you know, you guys talk about Nye. I think in, in his offense, you know, the air raid attack, maybe not air raid, but just more balanced, as you guys mentioned. See if Garrett Trader can progress as a passer. Uh, and in his second season here, truly his second season, Alford will will get more more reps in as a receiver because really last year he was kind of like the fifth option. You didn't you didn't get to run many routes, and when he did, it was kind of only down the sideline. I think his versatility, you know, he'll be able to add to his route running tree, and I I, I think that he'll 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 do well in this offense. I'm actually going to go with a different wide receiver. I won't go with your boy Austin. Um, I'm, I'm interested to see what CJ Hayes can do transferring in from Michigan state. Um, but I'm going to go with, uh, a red shirt junior, Anthony Keeley. He doesn't, he, he didn't, he didn't sky the charts last year. He is six to one So, so pretty good size. And he seems like a decent route runner when uh, I was watching the games inside the dome last year, but I think uh, a huge jump from him just in general with the more reps and the more uh, targets that he's going to get could help him as well. Um, and I think the passing attack is going to be a huge part of the development of the offense. Cause we already know with the offensive line and Sean Tucker and Garrett Schrader that we can run the ball or Syracuse, excuse me, can run the ball. So it's going to be, if, if they can pass the ball just as good or just add that element um, incrementally. And obviously Damian offer is going to be a huge part, but I think also Anthony Keeley, and you can also throw in Courtney Jackson, um, there as well but he's more of a slot guy that's why I go with Anthony Keeley because he's also would probably be opposite of Damian Alford starting at like the X position yeah wide receiver is going to be a one massive thing one massive position to look at especially with hopefully more of an air raid offense from Garrett Schrader the guy I was going to go with I talked about a lot already Garrett Williams how he needs to prove himself so I'm going to talk about somebody else and this might sound basic but how about Sean Tucker I mean after uh, hey no listen listen seriously after a year hey, that's a guy I have not heard of Sam <laughs> <laughs> but no seriously after a year last year where he killed it but the Syracuse offense around him wasn't that great now you bring in again I'm, I, I keep mentioning the nine you bring him in I think the offense is going to open up a lot more for Sean Tucker I think you can is he going to be better than last year because look at look at April the NFL draft he's eligible for 2023. He could easily go out. This could be his last year at Syracuse. He can prove himself that he is worth an NFL draft pick, which is very hard to do for running backs, especially a high draft pick, which if he has a, if he has a career year this season, then he could be, you, you're, you're probably looking at a second round running back, which is, it, it just goes to show. I mean, first round, you have to be a once in a generation player nowadays. Second round, you had a really good college career. And I think Sean Tucker, I think this is the year to prove himself to say, I'm ready for the NFL. I'm ready to take this next step. The offense has opened up more from him. The sky's the limit for Sean Tucker this year. I think he's going to have a better year than last year. And I think he's going to be the guy to watch. He's going to be, he's going to be one of the focal points of the Syracuse offense. If that wasn't obvious already. All I'm saying, all I'm saying to him, if Sean Tucker has a better year or more of a career year than last year, he better be in New York and having a chance to get the Heisman trophy because oh. Yeah, you thought you, what did you think I was gonna do? What did you think I was gonna say? That's the Jets are gonna have to. Yeah, I, I thought you were gonna go. Uh, I mean, Jets the Jets could you totally have two running backs them. already there. I'll take a third running back. Sean Tucker looks awesome. I think Sean Tucker is gonna definitely um, get a chance to expand his game as well, receiving wise. Didn't have only had twenty catches last year, so um, with the more air raid offense with Robert and I, I think um, he's gonna feed him the ball not only through the ground but also through the air as well. Um, so I think it, it's going to be a great, uh, season for him. I mean, if he can do better than last year, Syracuse should be in a great spot when it comes to offense. 
Yeah, I think the Syracuse offense. I mean, you, you really, it's going to be interesting to see how it's going to how it's going to be this year. A lot of moving pieces this off season. Now it's set, and that brings us to record predictions because if the offense can do really well, Syracuse is going to be a good football team. If it's not going to do well, Syracuse is going to be a bad football team. Simple math right there. <laughs> guys, what do you guys think Syracuse is going to be this year? Are there going to be any upsets? What games do you guys think they're going to win? Just say whatever you want on record predictions. I'll start with Austin for this one. What do you think? Yeah, a crunch number, Sam, my algorithm, 12-0, you know, <laughs> national championship. No, it's, I think it's going to be, I think we it's going to be six and six. I think it's going to be six and six. And um, obviously a lot depends on the first game, how it goes against Louisville in the rematch, uh, you know, it was 38 to 10 or something last year. It got out of hand quickly. Um, but I think Syracuse takes that game. I think the Vegas lines are already up and the orange are a slight underdog, but I don't think that really matters. Um, I think if Syracuse can go four and one before the bye, that's where you, that's where you'd like to be because NC state Clemson, Notre Dame, Pitt, Forest state wake. And then Jordan mentioned BC at BC to end of the season that there are no easy games there. Those last seven are brutal. So if you can get to four before the bye, that that'd be great. So I think between Louisville, Purdue, and Virginia, I'm optimistic. I say that Syracuse wins two of those. And then for one upset, let's go at Pitt. You know, no more Kenny Pickett. Uh, I know it's a rivalry game. You know, there might be if, – if Syracuse loses that, that hollow weekend game against Notre Dame that I'll have, that'll have a lot of hype, you know, people might say let down spot. No, bounce back spot, all right, at Pitt. I think that'll be the upset. I actually like that four and one marker before the, the buy. That's a great kind of marker to where you are at the season. You need two more wins to get to bowl eligibility. You have a big uh, schedule after that. Um, I, if I had to go with a upset, it'll depend on the time of the game. So if a Clemson, if the Clemson game in South Carolina is a night game, I think uh, Syracuse has a shot to upset Clemson um, because if they, especially when you want to keep the ball out of Clemson's offense, even though they weren't as good last year, you'd expect them to bounce back. They have a pretty good offense pretty much year in, year out. You want to keep the, the, the ball out of their hands. I think Syracuse can do that by running it with Sean Tucker, running it with Garrett Trader. Um, and also we don't, we didn't talk about him that much, but Juwan Price coming over from New Mexico State's a great backup um, in the backfield. Um, but if it's a day game, I, I can kind of see them, you know, travel. You got a day game in the in Death Valley. I can see that. Um, if also if Notre Dame is a night game, I think Notre Dame could be a good one at home. It's going to be hyped up a lot. Uh, Notre Dame doesn't come to the Dome very often. It's going to be a great game. Um, new coach and Marcus Freeman. So you never know how they're going to do on the road. Obviously, um, I, I personally like Marcus Freeman better than Brian Kelly, but um, that could be a huge game as well because you saw how Syracuse performed at home, especially against great, uh, better competition, lost by three to Clemson, lost by three to Wake Forest, who was better than we expected last year. So I think that could be a definite home upset for Notre Dame, uh, for Syracuse. I'll go yeah, with, uh, I'll go with, sorry, I'll go with, uh, I'll go positive. I'll go, I'll go seven and five only because they'll find a way to pull out either Wake Forest or BC on the road to end the year. Yeah, overall, I think for Syracuse, I think you have a ceiling of eight and four. 
I think your floor is really low, though. I think your floor can be three and nine. I'm going to go in the middle somewhat. I'm going to say seven and five as well, Jordan. I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree with you for this one. And I think four and one, you said it, Austin. That is the perfect benchmark to have to see, to evaluate how the Syracuse year is going before the bye. Louisville, UConn, Purdue, Virginia, Wagner. UConn and Wagner are, I, I, I don't want to say, they're basically Absolute, guaranteed. No, no, you can say it. You can, no, no, yeah. Sam, you can say it. UConn yeah, and Wagner are absolute must-wins because one of your other non-conference games is Purdue, who, which Syracuse, other than their non-con games last year, they had Liberty at home. Purdue is definitely harder to play than, than Liberty. Yeah, 100%. So, and Purdue is also harder than a team they lost to last year at home as well, also non-conference, Rutgers, another Big Ten team. <laughs> And I think, I think overall, Purdue, you're probably looking – I think that's probably the game I'm going to say we would lose. I think we can beat Louisville and Virginia. After that, it gets really rough. NC State, I mean, I, I've seen them – I've seen college football playoff predictions yeah. for NC State this year, which I – I, that kind of blows my mind. But still, it, it, it tells you that they're a really good team. Clemson, they should have a much better year than they did last year. Notre Dame's always Notre Dame. I think Syracuse can get a win against Pitt, though. I know without Kenny, Kenny Pickett really helped them last year. Now you don't have Kenny Pickett. And I think that's really helped Syracuse get over the edge along with other teams. People are hyping them up. I don't really see the hype too much. They also lost uh, Jordan Addison, the wide receiver, one of the best wide receivers in the country. I don't think they're going to be as good. I think people are giving them way too much credit at this point. Same, I mean, Wake Forest, they still have Sam Hartman. I think they're going to be a pretty tough challenge. Florida State's going to be an interesting game to see. They Last year wasn't too good for them. This year, you never know with Florida State, I feel like. And, I mean, yeah, overall, I think you're looking at a 7-5 and five team. If you can get 4-1 and one before the break, maybe win a game at Pitt. Florida State could be a big game to win. That's a home game. You want to win as many home games as you can, obviously, to avoid those road challenges. So, Pitt, Florida State, I think those are two games you have to win. And then either one of – Wake Forest or BC, that would be seven and five. So that's what I'm going for right there. A seven and five record is what I think Syracuse will have this year. And and they have five, what is it? One, two, they have four home games before or on August, October 1st against Wagner, that fourth, or you have five between October 15th and the start of the season. So you're, you're front loaded with your home games. So getting those wins early will definitely help. And I wanted to say one thing about Pitt. They not only lost Kenny Pickett and uh, Addison, they also lost their field name going from legendary Heinz Field to what is it? A creature? It's something like that. A Jordan, to that same point, like Syracuse, Carrier Dome. Yeah, the JMA Wireless Dome. Oh, hey, no longer the Carrier Dome. The high speed wireless connection now, the JMA Wireless Dome, maybe it may power the Syracuse Orange to some victories this year. It's true. Make it, <laughs> make it easier for us to report on the games, talk about the games, sure. do all that. But overall, guys, I'm really excited for Syracuse football. I think it's going to be a much better season than last year. I mean, it was a bit disappointing going into our first year of college, seeing a five and seven record. Maybe a bowl game will help out a little bit this year, make it a bit more exciting. So I'm really excited for football season. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm very excited for football season, too. Me and Austin are going to have some some great debates um, this season. Obviously, he's got his man, Damian Alford. Although I, I know you lost to him in intramural basketball this season, Austin. No, actually, I'm they didn't glad play you him, right? I want to fact check that. He ducked us. He had spring he football oh. workouts. That's uh, a little concerning, though. Damn. If he's, so, if he's ducking. so Damian Alford's scared of Austin? This is true. Is that what I'm getting? Yeah. 
Well, he knows that he yeah. has his pair of gloves, so. You know, if he if he gets down, I say we sign up Austin for the football team, and he can be the six six receiver that Syracuse has always wanted. Uh, actually, actually, Austin's already under contract for uh, me and my roommate Jake's uh, intramural football team, so Austin's taken for the season. Yeah, and I if Fair I run enough. on national, I don't want my parents to see me die on national television if some linebacker tackles me. So, not so that's why we're playing. Will Anderson just comes into the uh, national championship and like gets your head off and or something like that, man. <laughs> Me and Austin are going to win the intramural national championship this year, actually. True. Yeah, I, I, I can, I can put money on that. I think that's a bit of a better choice right there than signing up for the Syracuse football team. But we'll see who's going to be better this year. Is it Jordan's intramural team or Syracuse football team? We'll have to see. But well, that's going to be all, guys, for this this edition of the Citrus TV Summer Podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed. And have a great summer. We're looking forward to football season, and we'll see you then.